Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to the IFL TV podcast in association with Lonsdale MTK Global, sponsored by William Hill. This is Umar Ahmed for IFL TV in association with MTK Global. Well, this time yesterday, everything was about whether Dylan White would get his revenge. He did uh, in some fashion as well. Gareth, what did you make of it? Uh, well, first of all, a very happy British summertime to you today. Clock's going forward. You look like you've just got up. I have. Um, I know we were both a bit late today, and it caught us napping an hour behind. That should never happen. Dillian White, discuss. Um, phenomenal, fantastic, fan dabby dozy, I say. Simple as that. Use those in your headline, you Umar. Um, no, um, it was a really, really tense, cagey opening rounds, both of them weirdly swinging for the fences. It was like they both had it in their head that the first one that landed was going to win the shootout, didn't they? So they were kind of almost ducking down and throwing their shots. Um, It was so nervous. It was edge of your seat stuff. The atmosphere was fantastic. Dillian White did the job. He showed exactly what he is, where he holds it, has his heart on his sleeve, um, he says he is what he is, and he really is that. He's not faking it till he makes it. This guy will make it to world champion eventually one day. I've been convinced from the minute I met him as a 24-year-old MMA stroke kickboxer, he has something special inside because of that background story. Um, I don't agree with all the headlines that he completely controlled Povetkin last night because there were moments when Povetkin caught in the corner was throwing his punches that could have caught Dillian again. Um, But it was a very composed performance in lots of ways because he needed redemption on the rock and he got it in Gibraltar. Um, And he did the job fittingly with a perfect left hook knockout finish and kind of dismantled um, Povetkin eventually in that fourth round. But up to then... It could have gone any way again. And it showed the risks and the dangers for Dillian at heavyweight, at this elite level and in this division. Mm. I think uh, a lot of people are forgetting. It was only in August where this man here, Povetkin, knocked him out cold, brutally. And to, to take that rematch straight away, I know there was delays not of his fault, but to take that rematch straight away and do that job on him speaks volumes about him. It does. I mean, look, you could see the mental scarring from that first fight. Even though Dillian says, 
man, the, the, the pressure doesn't bother me. The losses don't bother me. You, you, I've had losses in my life. I've been stabbed so many times. I've been shot. I pulled, you know, a bullet out of my, um, a casing bullet out of my um, leg with pliers because I didn't want my mum to see me being shot in the leg. You know, I've been through poverty and hunger as a small child. You could tell how much it was weighing on him last night. And you could tell how much he had to gather himself. And, he's a, and, 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 and he is a very impressive human being now at the age of 32 as a fighter. Um, and as we hear, he went in with a hamstring injury as well. So he knew he needed to get the job done. Umar, I backed him to win by between round seven and ten. I thought they'd be cagey with each other for two or three rounds. And then we'd have what we have. You know, it felt like they just carried on from the last fight almost. Um, but I think the scarring was there. Um, it won't go away because he's had that affect him. But lots of boxers have told me over the years that you do, you can't completely erase that knockout. You know the risks once it's happened to you. But he dealt with it all very well. He was very present during the fight. And if anything, I thought that once Dillian got into the fight, I thought Povetkin looked very vulnerable in there. Um he, he, he looked wobbly physically, but he's had COVID. Dillian is a very big man, um, very cool, calm and collected all week. Um, you know, he wasn't nasty, but he kept that air and that, that aura of, of viciousness. He said he wanted to go to war. He said he, wa he wanted to put bad intent on his opponent, and he did it. Um, so he was very, very impressive last night. Before we talk about Dylan's future, just a word on Alexander Povetkin. Uh, Andre Rybinski stated last night that he doesn't want him to box again and that he will retire. So just uh, your comment on Povetkin's career. Um, tremendous fighter, um, brilliant amateur record, Olympic champion, obviously. Um, I think when he came up to professional boxing, I think his career was too slow. I think it should have been more accelerated. I think they took their time too much. Um, he was disappointing against Vladimir Klitschko. Um, but, you know, he, he's one of those guys who's been in um, big fights late in his age, in the age of his career. I mean, in his 30s, mid to late 30s. You know, what is he 30? He's 40 now, isn't he? So, you know, you think about these fights he's had with, what we'd call the up-and-comers in terms of the new champions with, with Joshua, with, with, with Dillian White twice. Very late in his career, really. Um, and it really wasn't until he, he got in with the matchroom setup that he's done very well. Um, you know, a very, very decent elite heavyweight fighter, but found wanting at the very, very top level. But I think he left it too late in his career. And I will add one thing last night. Um, and it relates back to Dillian again. What an act of sportsmanship afterwards to take his stool and make sure that, that Povetkin was all right in the corner. That, that is a Dillian White who's really growing, not just as a fighter, but deeply as a human being. And I'm really pleased to see that because those kind of developments make a better all-round sports person, professional fighter, human being, just shows presence of mind. The adrenaline didn't get to him afterwards that he was buzzing around the ring. He wanted to make sure that his opponent was okay as well. Job done, totally professional. 
you have to admire that Umar because those things are rare in, in, in our sport where someone is still so present after what must have been a great relief in victory that he's got the presence of mind to go over there and make sure that human being is okay. Brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. Yeah, a massive touch of class there. So, as I said, uh, obviously we are going to discuss Dylan's future. What would you like to see him next? Deontay Wilder's name was brought up. What, do you, what would you like to see Dylan White do next? Well, I'd like him, like him to be on the contract for Tyson Fury and Anthony Joshua as the official first reserve. If the fight is signed between those two and the venue and the data agreed... I think we should go ahead with the event, no matter what. Um, and that if, if, if Tyson Fury is injured, Anthony Joshua fights um, with his belts against, uh, uh, against Dillian White. If Anthony Joshua is injured, they fight for the WBC t- title, Tyson Fury and um, Dillian White. Obviously, that's doesn't happen in boxing, but that's what I think should happen. They should have a first reserve because everyone would love to see Dillian against Tyson. Everyone would love to see Dillian against Anthony Joshua again. Dillian's come on leaps and bounds. Both of those fights are fascinating. In an ideal world, I'd like to see that. He's made first reserve. And if one of those two falls out, we still get to see that fight. Because I think people would still hold their tickets for that, if you know what I mean. You know? Yeah, cool. What will happen? Completely different. We're going to have back and forth, he said, she said, she said, he said, um, on social media about whether he should fight Deontay Wilder or not. Um, Whether they're DMing each other or not makes no flaming difference at all, as far as I'm concerned. Dillian's entitled to his view. I think he's absolutely right that he was wronged when he didn't get the fight with Deontay Wilder in those thousand days or whatever it was. But we know what happened. Tyson Fury got the look in in the end. Um... At the, at the moment when, when Dillian was going to get the fight. Dillian, if you recall, turned down the fight with Anthony Joshua. So you have to... He wasn't offered enough money, clearly. But he still should have taken that fight, in my view. Because, um, you know, and it, it went on to be um, uh, Joseph Parker, didn't it? Um, but Dillian should have taken that fight. I think if enough money's on the table and there is a big enough crowd in America or here that can be put together in the summer, I could see uh, Dillian White and Deontay Wilder fighting. If Dillian can earn in the region of £5 million, something like that, I could see him doing it. But the risks are huge for him, you know? Um, Who else he fights? I don't know. I've looked, I've got the list up here on another screen, actually, from last night, from Fight Night on Talk Sports. He mentioned Um, Bryant's name. Trevor Bryant was brought up by himself. Yeah, uh, yeah, but I mean... Doesn't interest me in really. Um, Flip Hergovic should be great, but is that putting him at risk? Um, Andy Ruiz Jr. Fine, doesn't really excite me that much. What does it do? Luis Ortiz, not really. Alexander- Andy, Ruiz, Andy Ruiz is a fun fight with Dylan, isn't it, Gareth? <clears throat> it's got to be over here, though, in my view, because you want a crowd there. Um, I mean, the truth is. You know, there's Usyk, Joyce. Um, you could have another Parker fight, but it doesn't. It's, they're still floating fights, like you say. Andy Ruiz, um, Michael Hunter, Flip Hergovic. That's it, really. Trevor Bryan, what WBA? He's one of the W, one of the nine. 
So um, I don't know. I mean, I, there isn't an obvious answer. The obvious answer is Deontay Wilder, but it needs to be a big fight, and it, they, they, you know, that that he needs to be earning from it. But you could feel the defensiveness about around Dillian White and around Eddie Hearn last night in the post-fight interviews uh, on Sky Box Office about Deontay Wilder. They weren't calling him out. They were saying um, they weren't going to fight him, literally, weren't they? What do, you, what do you think about that fight then? Let's talk about that fight with Wilder and White. How much of a realistic chance do you give Dillian White in that fight? Well, I give him a very realistic chance, but it's an incredible fight. If White lands... He probably knocks uh, Wilder out or knocks him off his off his legs. Um, but there's a template there for beating him. You put it on him. You you put it on him. You get him. the bully can't win going backwards. That's the that's the theory with Wilder. Don't let the bully shuffle forward and land that big right hand. You know, like I do on you occasionally when you misbehave. No, but the, but the um but the, the but, no, but that's the theory with Wilder, isn't it? That if you can push him back. He, he, he can't detonate. He's not good off the back foot. He will have been practising that, though, by the way, um, since the big loss to, to Fury. Um, Wilder can win that fight or Fury can win. Uh, Wilder can win that fight or, or um, White can win that fight. For me, it's another, it's a kind of shootout fight again. But Dillian has greater boxing skills. Deontay Wilder still has that dangerous one-punch power, knockout power. So... It's it's a great fight. I, don't get me wrong. I would love to see that. And more than anything, I'd love to do the build-up. Um, I mean, be around the build-up. I mean, Dillian, I've interviewed Dillian about that. And Dillian told me, I'm sure you have. And he said, they'd need extra security. They'd need a cage between us. And he said, and if he says anything to me, I'm going straight over there to him. And I'm slapping him before the fight. I'm going to spark him out. He doesn't like the guy. You know what Dillian's like? When he's been wronged, he wants to sort it out. Um, he and I had a to-do once and like... I wanted to sort it out as soon as possible. You know, you don't want it simmering with Dillian. You want you you know you want it on the level. When he's when he's on the level with you, he's like fine. He'll go to war when he goes to war. But um, no, it's it's a terrific prospect. Um, but I think they'd want to bring. You saw the massive outpouring Umar for Dillian White overnight on social media, as we saw with Lawrence Coley the week before. Fantastic um, support for British boxers who do well at the moment. Um, people love our boxers who wear their heart on their sleeve and go out and say what they, do what they say they're going to do. So, um, yeah, Deontay Wilder over here, they could sell out the O2 Arena in a minute, I think, uh, when, when crowds return. They could probably do a big football stadium in the summer as well, if that's possible. And you saw what Eddie Hearn was teasing in the last 48 hours, that... They're still talking to the UK government about Wembley Stadium for Anthony Joshua and Tyson. I know, I know, it's too hard to sell 100,000 tickets, but he's talking about it, which means that the framework for discussions on the fight are moving, the parameters are moving. Obviously, he's also putting pressure on Saudi to sign a big load of money by saying, we might go to Wembley then if you can't do it. So there's a bit of, you know, there's a bit of chicanery there, a bit of boxing politics going on at the moment. But if you could get for me... I think you're right. I think you mentioned Trevor Bryant. I think Eddie Hearn will give or get Dillian White a treading water fight in the summer in America where they can do it with a crowd in Texas or or or, or Dallas or in Texas somewhere rather or in uh, Florida somewhere. And then I think White will be there 
in the environs for for the winner of Fury and uh, Joshua. If say there's only one fight, let's say as I said to you before, if Joshua, I'll finish in a second. If if uh, if if Tyson Fury beats Anthony Joshua and decides to walk away because he's won all the belts and doesn't do a second fight, Dillian White's perfectly placed there for for the next opponent for someone like Anthony Joshua. Gareth, just uh, back to an earlier comment you said, I'd rather take a punch than you than uh, one of those kicks that you give Carl Froch. Listen, you know what it's like with me. I'm berserker, you know? When, when I see that you've seen me when the red mist comes down, I just go for it. I don't care who it was. It could have been it could have been Francis Ngannou, Dillian White who was getting that head kick. I was attacked from behind. I didn't know who it was that night behind the scenes, and it was Carl Froch. Can you imagine if I'd, if I'd done that to Carl Froch's nose? I wouldn't be alive. I, if Carl Froch's nose looked like that, I would not. Don't use that as the picture in the thing, but you probably will. If, if I'd, Can you imagine if I'd splundered Carl Froch's nose? He would have battered me till I didn't move. And then he'd have gone back and get his nose surgery redone because he'd already had his nose done. No, I, I reckon with you, your perfect height, where your beard is for the roundhouse head knockout, um, no, roundhouse kick, head knockout. Um, I would probably do it quickly to put you out of your misery and I'd call a taxi and leave. Cheers, Gareth. I was going to uh, ask you another question. I might just close off on that note. No, um, I want to I want a quick update. I want a quick update from uh, your travels to Fort Ventura. Um, how is Billy Joe? Um, did you see the picture of him on Instagram yesterday? Unreal shape, unreal. Yeah, well, well I, I went over there I sank a lot of tequila on the first night. Yeah, like a lot. Um, Billy sat next to me most of the evening. Mark Tibbs was there and the whole team, Greg, um, strength and conditioning guys, the whole team out there, his cousin Tom, um, uh, Big John, the heavyweight boxer from Broadstairs. Lovely group, lovely group out there. The two sparring partners, uh, one from Belfast and one one from up north, I think. Might, might be wrong on that, but... Great team out there. Billy looked great just with his, you know, like his um, his basketball vest on. I thought, God, he looks really good um, and handsome. You know when he, you know when he, no, you know when he's, you know when he's chiselled, he looked handsome on there. He looked handsome, and um, we had a great night. And then he did gym work, filming with the zone, and then I had to sit down with him for ninety minutes. Umar, I kid you not. It was the most staggering interview I have ever done with Billy Joe Saunders in the 14 years, 13, 14 years I've known him. He was so present in that interview. Um, he shocked me. I, I, I was, and the whole crew, there were seven or eight people filming in the crew there in, in Fuerteventura and Las Canarias. Um, you could hear people breathing. It was so quiet in there. Um and afterwards, every one of the crew was like, wow, that was amazing. It was an amazing interview. He spoke from his heart, from his gypsy blood, um, from his traveler blood, Romany gypsy blood. He, he spoke deeply about his family, about his desires as a fighter, what he goes through as a fighter. Um, he, was, he was the best physically, mentally, and emotionally that I've ever known him to be and I and, and and when he took his top off you saw that picture I think he was four pounds off the his team would tell him he was about four pounds off the super middleweight limit so he's going to live like that now um 
I think it means everything to him to fight Canelo. I truly believe him. I know Billy's a joker and he sent me off to New Delhi to find him a couple of weeks earlier, telling me he bought 1,600 goats for his uncle's dairy farm. But um, he looked phenomenal. Um, I, I've, I just, I'm so excited about this fight now because if he can take what I got from him in those 19 in that 90 minute sit down the way he looked in the gym and everything if he can take that into fight week and into the fight with Canelo I think we're in for a very very special night um he may not win it he may not be given the decision even if we think he wins on points but he's going to give his all he certainly is right now he's he's in an amazing frame of mind and I don't think he'll be intimidated by Canelo you know the travelers you know they have a fair fight over a, over a thruppany bit, don't they? They disagree over a thruppany bit, you know? Um, so that doesn't bother him. It's his pride that bothers him. It's not making a fool of himself in that environment that bothers him. It's the fight of his life, and I cannot wait to see it. And I think, you know, if, if he does deliver, we are on for a special one. Well, I can't wait to watch uh, the interview you did with him, I believe, on DAZN, Uh yeah, out in the next couple yeah. of weeks. Out in the next couple of weeks and an exclusive write-up story in The Telegraph as well, yeah. There we go. Gareth A. Davis, thank you very much for talking to IFL TV on uh, last night's event and your trip to Fort Ventura. Is there anything you'd like to add? No. See you later. Go on, Gareth. Man. Thanks for listening to the IFL TV podcast, sponsored by William Hill, in association with Lonsdale MTK Global. Podcast Network.